Amen. God is good. Good to see everyone. Hit a holiday weekend like this, you're not always sure how full the place is going to be. Some good, everybody here is just awesome. Some people visiting other places, other people visiting here, so this is cool. My name's Sean. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, uh, I get to share with you what God's been talking to me about. You know, and I don't know about you, I, I do like this season because it seems like we're purposeful as a, as a culture. Like, we're purposeful about, you know, let's, let's be happy. Let's, let's go after relationship. Let's stop all the craziness and, and, and get together at home with a family, right? So this is a wonderful season, unless you're in the service industry and <laughs> you, you, you work for Amazon delivery or something like that, you know, you just, it's nuts for you. So I want to talk to you a little bit. If you haven't noticed, if you're new here, right, or if you've been here a while and you always wondered, like, why don't we, like, have a Christmas program or have Christmas decorations and like, why don't we do that? And so I, I just wanted to kind of take a moment to share with you some things around that. Because when you look at Christmas in our culture, uh, it's kind of a hodgepodge of stuff, right? Because like my background in growing up, uh, I have some things that really affected me, right? It was, it was a, like awesome. I remember being a little kid and Christmas time was, oh, it's me or something. And, you know, that emotional attachment to that. Because you got all these, these warm, fuzzy memories. Some people, not so much. Some people, it was a very difficult time. They have a lot of bad memories, right? It's a, there's traditions that would like Christmas trees. There's traditions like uh, mistletoe is kind of thrown in there. There's, you know, uh, different types of things that you see, right? And then you, so you have this, if you, don't, if you don't know, right, a lot of the stuff I just mentioned has nothing to do with Jesus, has nothing to do with the church. It actually has its origins in uh, paganism, right? And then, then, uh, then on the other side is, is it's Jesus' birthday, right? And so if you don't know, it, it actually is not. He wasn't born today or tomorrow, right? It, that's not when he was born. And so, like, there's, and if you grew up in the church, then you have a lot of warm memories about getting singing carols together and worshiping Jesus, remembering his birth, right? And those are, like, awesome things. And so, there, so when you look at the spectrum, there's, there's a lot of awesome stuff that goes on. Anytime when we get together and we're going to be like, man, let's love each other, let's love God, that's awesome, right? So there's nothing wrong with that. But we live in a time right now when it's not as simple as it used to be. So at the same time we have all this going on, we also have a lot of pressure. I don't know about you, but the biggest thing I do not like about Christmas is the pressure it puts on you to spend money, right? If you've got kids, like you've got young kids, I know you're feeling it, brother. Right? If you don't buy your kids a bunch of stuff, they're going to feel bad because the friend they got, they, they got a bunch of stuff, and you're not a good parent if you don't buy stuff. Right? You know, it's just pressure. It's like, it's like for, for, for uh, husbands and wives, like the pressure of Valentine's Day. If you don't do something, you don't really love them, right? You know, and so the commercialization of it really has, has hammered it. Like there's something distorted about all this, right? So, like, there's so many different places you can end up on this. Like, you can end up on the side of, this is about Jesus. I can't believe you're doing that over there with the Christmas tree and all that other stuff, right? And, and, and you could be over the side. is like, it's Christmas. It ain't got nothing to do with all that, right? You, there's, like, so many places you can be on this. And, and you look at the other side, you don't really understand. Well, like, why, why, why do you have that position? Why, right? This is good. Over here, hey, this is good. And then over here, this is good. Because the people over here, it's not like they're worshiping a Christmas tree, even though that might be the origin of it, right? But they're not, you know, oh, great Christmas tree. I want to get closer to God because of the Christmas tree. Like, they're not doing that, right? Like my daughter, you see my daughter? She's got a Christmas tree dress on. She loves that thing. 
She waits all year long just so she can wear that dress. I'm like, you go, girl. But when God was talking to us about, like, how do we position ourselves as a house? Like, how do we, how do we look at this? We recognize, like, in today's society, see, if you haven't figured this out yet, if you are part of this house, like, I am a part of this house, I'm a life changer in this house, you know, this is my church, I'm a part of this church. If you haven't noticed, we don't necessarily do Sunday for you. I love you, right? But that's not really our focus. You get, like, we include you in that, but our focus is people that don't know Jesus, Right? Because this is an entry point when people go, I need God. Let me go find a church. Right? They come in on Sunday. So that's what we're focused on. And you've got people coming in the house that um, if they look on the internet, they're going to see some things about Christmas that go, that doesn't even make sense. The church would be a part of that. It can be offensive to them. I don't want to offend people because I have a preference and because I have an emotional attachment to Christmas that I'm going to bring stuff in and share it from this platform because I have a responsibility to him on how I treat his children. You see what I'm saying? And if we're grown up, like I'm, I'm, I'm grown up, right? I can take the hit. If I have to like push something aside a little bit, not make a big deal out of it so that somebody else can experience Jesus, I need to be able to do that every time. So that's why we approach it this way. When, when, when the leadership was talking to God about this, God, how do we do this? This is where we're at right now because this is what he's telling us. So I just want to share that with you. So with that, though, getting ready for this message, I'm like, God, what are we going to talk about? You know, and he kept talking to me about love. So I want to share, share with you love. And in the theme of Jesus being born, since we are already there, let me read you a scripture. Let me, let me do this. I want to read you the scripture. And tell me who you think this, is, this reminds you of. This is found in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. What does that sound like? It's like the universal answer in church, right? Jesus. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. It sounds just like Jesus, right? The message of Jesus being born, if you don't know this, up until around the 4th century, there was no Christmas celebration. In fact, the early church didn't really focus on that. They didn't, they didn't really want to focus on his birth, and they didn't want to focus because people wanted to focus on his birth. Some people did, right? Some people wanted to focus on the, uh, the martyrs, the apostles who had died, other uh, church leaders who had died, he didn't, they didn't want to focus on their births. It wasn't until after it became popular and politically popular when the Roman emperor, Constantine, became a Christian. Then you had this merge of those that weren't in the in crowd all of a sudden were in the in crowd, and they wanted to adopt it into everybody else, right? But when you look at Scripture, there's not a lot about his birth. Luke spend some time talking about it to give context to him showing up, right? But it wasn't celebrated, but it was important because what you see with Jesus showing up is you see the personification of God, right? And that personification is love. So Mary gets pregnant by God. says the Holy Spirit overshadows her and she becomes present and she's a virgin. So literally, God gets her pregnant. And the evidence of her pregnancy is very real. She delivers 
this child, and this child grows, and there's a point in time where this child now is going to step into being the example so everybody can see of what God is like, personified. He goes into the water, he gets baptized, and the Spirit of God comes on him. He goes into the wilderness. He comes out of the wilderness, and it begins. You know what he does? He starts stepping into relationship with people. He goes and he, follow me. You, follow me. You, follow me. And he starts, he starts relationship with him, with those people. And he starts loving on people that are just going by. And we see that in the miraculous. We see that in power. We, raising the dead, healing the sick, right? Crazy stuff. People are like, wow, that's amazing. This has to be God. But you know, the people he was walking with, they not only got to see that, they got to experience him. And what they got to experience was what I was talking about right there. Patience, kindness, gentleness, not keeping account of what's wrong. Going after relationship, going after relationship. He was able to love on them, and it changed their life. One thing he just talked to me about, just before I came up, was we can think that Jesus was charismatic. That's why he, he was just so, so powerful. He was charismatic. He was because he was full of love. See, we, we experience people who are charismatic, and they're, they're people are attracted to them, but when those people leave that person, that, that, it doesn't transfer. They love being around the person. Oh, they like it. But when they get away from them, right, not so much. But with Jesus, because love was the source of him expressing the truth about who he was, he was free to be who he was. There was no inhibitions. There was no bent in the wrong way. He didn't have a complex about anything. He wasn't hurt when he was a kid, and I can't really talk to people. You know, girls don't really, you're not going to like me. I can't talk to girls. I can't speak in public. I can't, you know, I can't do all these things because, like, what I believe about myself is so messed up. Like, I can't be that person that loves on people and communicates with people because, like, something's wrong with me. Like, he didn't have that. He was free to love and give away what was already inside of him. So he's, he's expressing this, and the result of that is those people that are close to him, they're like, oh, wow, I can see that. He, like, he was so, so loving. His, the way he loved, words of life were coming out of him. And you, and you see this when, 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 when he's, he says something really hard, like, unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you will have no part of me right? The 12 are like, everybody else leaves. The 12 are like, I don't know what to do with that. And he's like, well, are you going to leave also? He's like, where am I going to go? You're the only one that has the words of life. I have no clue what that meant. But I know I spent enough time with you that I'm experiencing life because I'm with you all the time. He was even able to convince them they could go out and heal the sick. Raise the dead, right? Cast out demons. They didn't even get filled with the Holy Ghost yet. And they were operating that way. So there is something about the free expression of love that Jesus showed us that tells us that's who we are designed to be. Herein lies the struggle. Currently, we are not that person. <laughs> Currently, we don't know how to do that. And I can tell you tomorrow when you're gathering with your family and the day after that and the day after that and the months and weeks and time goes on, you being that person would transform their lives because you would be giving away life 
like you're designed to. Right? If you think the guy that gets to stand up here is designed for that, and that's like the prereq for standing up here, and you don't need like everybody in the room to stand up here. We only need a couple people to stand up here. So only a couple people are going to get to do that. You're completely missing the point. <laughs> right? That's where we are seemingly, but that's not by design. That's just by default right now. We're designed to actually be like Jesus. They haven't put the title up yet, have they? He's waiting for this. Here's what you need. You need to ask yourself this question. Did he put it up? If you don't know this, you need to be pregnant. Guys, I am talking to you too. We need to be pregnant. See, we need to be like Mary and let God impregnate us. See, so you need, if you don't know this, this is why this is like, there are, there's only a handful of things that we say, this is a doctrine we will not negotiate on. We will not let go. We're like, this is super important. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name and receive the Holy Ghost. It is not an option, you know, of, hey, if you're getting, getting the Holy Ghost is like an upscale, right? It's a power boost, right? It is those things, but like you're not, you can't get pregnant the way you're designed to get pregnant without it. Right? That's the beginning of your first pregnancy, really. When I got the Holy Ghost, hope I'm not walking off camera. When I got the Holy Ghost, I instantaneously, the next morning, I love people. God, I love you, man. I love you, too. I love you, too. I love you, too. I'm like, I love everybody. What is going on with this, right? You can ask my wife. She says, yes, like, something happened to him. Right? And then it kind of wears off, seemingly, right? And I go from, it's easier now that I lost weight. I go from here and I move up a little higher, right? And it's awesome. That, that being filled with the Spirit, it moved me up. And I, and I started being able to see and operate in some ways that I never saw before. But this is what I figured out. It didn't take me long until I figured out, like, I need more of Jesus. I need to be pregnant. And when I wasn't pregnant, those times in my life when I wasn't pregnant, right, people knew it because I wasn't very Jesus-like. You know what I'm saying? But the times I was pregnant, it was easier to see Jesus, right? I was, I was carrying it. See, people know when you're pregnant, and people know when you're not. They don't necessarily understand what's going on, but the signs of being pregnant, like you can't see what's inside of the mother, but you know she's carrying something. And she's probably carrying a baby. Right? See, she's carrying something. I don't think we have given enough. I don't think I have given enough focus on being the bride that he wants. See, I know culturally right now, I'm going to say this, and I know, culturally right now, right, our career is more important than being pregnant. Just the way it is, right? And to a degree, that is like absolutely normal, right, in culture right? But it's not normal for his culture. 
his culture, I'm designed to be barefoot and pregnant. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm not hurting you. I, if I'm offending you, please, I am sorry. I'm not intending to, but I, like, I'm really trying to make the point. Like, there is a cultural problem we have with him. And like, I am designed to be pregnant. And, and when, I, when, when I deliver something and something reaches the point where it's come into its existence that it's supposed to be in me and from me, then he wants me to be pregnant again. And it grows and it, uh, and it does what it's supposed to do and, it, and it's delivered and people see more of Jesus. And then I'm supposed to be pregnant again. But you know why we struggle with being pregnant? Ask a woman who's been pregnant. <laughs> It's hard. You know, it's not easy. There's some things you just can't do. You know, I want to do those things. Well, do I want him or do I want those things more? Do I want what he wants or do I want what I want, right? Because if I'm designed to be able to show Jesus and give Jesus away and affect my family, I need to be pregnant, and if I'm not, like, if I'm struggling, my family's struggling, my relationships are struggling, and, and it doesn't get anywhere, and I don't know why, and I've been doing this for years with you, Jesus, and, and I can't change, and this is how I am, and I've given up on that, because I like, well, could it be that you gave up on being pregnant? Could it be that something interfered with you being pregnant? Because if you've ever had, wanted to have a child and you struggled with being pregnant, sometimes it's environmental. Like the environment around us. If you haven't figured it out yet, it is not conducive to being pregnant. This world does not want you to be pregnant with Jesus. It will do everything it can to keep that from happening. And we can, we can let that happen. We can let the environment actually affect us and not realize how to combat that and keep that from happening, right? There is even stuff that goes on inside of us. If you haven't, I, I kind of alluded this to early in the message, but the reason why I don't look completely like Jesus as there are still things in me bent the wrong way. There are still things in me broken, even though they are less than when I started, hopefully a lot less. Like if this is the road, hopefully I started here. I'm somewhere over here right now. Maybe I'm not here, right? Hopefully, but I don't know. I might be like way over there that I need to get to and I ain't got a clue because all I can see is as far as I can see, right? And he's not judging you based off of where you are. He's judging, are you, are you gonna let me, let me impregnate you? Because he wants to be in relationship with you. In the relationship, everything gets worked out. But I can't say I'm in relationship with him, right, if I don't actually try to get pregnant. Are you following me? So you got these environmental things that keep him. We got these things inside of us. Like the egg's just not working, right? Fallopian tubes are still tied. Sure, I'm sure there's something I can make an analogy to that with, right? Right? We could be using birth control. See, I want to have all the fun times with Jesus. Oh, man, God, show up in the church. I'm like, woo! You know? But I don't necessarily want to get pregnant because that, yeah, it's commitment. It's... It's like, it's, that's now some work's going to come in. I'm going to actually have to change. I'm going to have to go through that again. You know? It's much easier to be hang out with Jesus, right, than it is to actually submit to him. So that, that scripture I read to you, right, here's another little aspect I want to throw in there. That scripture I read to you was in 1 Corinthians. It was sandwiched in between two, two chapters that talk about the gift of the Spirit. And there is a place in there where it says, I can prophesy, do miracles, move mountains. I can do all kinds of things and be absolutely awesome for God. And if I don't have love, it doesn't mean anything. That's something that we're experiencing in the church. See, there is a move. Like, we even have, we have some, some, some small groups, equip classes that are orientated towards giving you insight into how you're designed to be more prophetic, 
how you're designed to, to see yourself and so that if God wants to operate in healing, you, you can start going, you know what? I want to be free to be like Jesus and to be able to heal. There are movements. There are whole ministries revolved around helping you see that miracles, signs, and wonders are a part of the church. And they are. You know what's harder than helping you step into to signs and wonders? You know what's harder than that? It's convincing you to get pregnant. That is harder. It takes time. It is a process. We can operate in the signs and wonders and miracles because we have authority. But because I have authority doesn't mean I've actually completely submitted to them. And so having one without the other is unhealthy. See, because we'll end up having the ministry of Jesus doing signs and wonders without the ministry of Jesus discipling. And he didn't start with the signs and wonders. He started with the discipling. And so many of our churches, so many of what we call the Christian world, like we're missing the boat on this. And this is absolutely huge. There's nothing more important than this. So when I say this, I want you to understand what I'm talking about. I want you to hear what Paul said. He said in Galatians 4, 19, he said this. He was dealing with some issues, and he, was, he, he just took this opportunity to, to kind of describe what he's going after and, and what it's like inside of him. And he makes the statement, my dear children, for who for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ be formed in you. Do you know why he was, he was like talking about it that way? Because for him, it, I mean, he was willing to struggle through the pains of childbirth to see them become who they're designed to be, that Christ would be formed in them. And he was willing to do that. You, but and this is the there's a disconnect here because we're like man I don't I, can't, I don't want to take that on with Paul like God's been talking to me I, I made a, a trip to India I, I was supposed to go back for the Christmas if God opened the door and the door didn't open up and so now you get to have me here but then, there's a weird thing happening in me I have a heart for doing that and it's because something's going on inside of me that is like one one of the people on staff here was like that's kind of different for you. Because it's very evangelistic, and I, that's not really my thing. You know, the ones who laughing are know me. And something's coming out of me that I wasn't, like, planning on, but it's showing up because I'm getting pregnant. And we, you know what? We know that. We do not want God to make us pregnant like Paul. We do not want to be stoned. We do not want to be hit with rods. We do not want to die. We don't want to suffer, right? We know that. We need to be honest with ourselves. We're avoiding this because sometimes it can cost a lot. But we love our own lives more than we love him. But what empowered Paul to do that is he experienced the overwhelming love of Christ. Paul found himself in the position where he was trying to get the people of Christ killed and thought he was doing it for God. And I don't know of a larger Smackdown testimony than Saul, who as he's on the road to try to get more of them thrown into prisons so more of them can be killed, God's like, whap! <laughs> and knocks him off his horse, smacks him so hard he's blind. 
and he hears Jesus. And it's just, he is overwhelmed. First thing he does when he sees the sight is get baptized. He goes, spends time with Jesus. I think it records two years he spends with him in the desert. Three years. Talking to Jesus for three years. Doing some ministry, but I, he's communicating with heaven. He's, he is like with it. He experiences a mercy that none of us can actually say we could ever experience. None of us, I, I'm hoping, maybe someone has, right? Which is because it's not out of the question, hasn't killed somebody because they're Christians. Do you realize how much love he experienced? The mercy of God? It, it, the love of God coming to him and experiencing that love impregnated him in such a way that he had a passion for it. God had a passion for it. Let me read you another scripture. This one's a little longer. I want you to hear this story. Because if you've been at, walking in church at all, you've heard this, but you might have missed something. So when one of the Pharisees, this is one of the religious people, right? And I'm not talking about like Pharisees, religious people, Jews. I'm talking about right now the religious people like us. Invited Jesus to have dinner with him. He went to the Pharisee's house, and he reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with his tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured the perfume on them. Now, when the Pharisee saw this, when the Pharisee who invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. He's like, well, tell me, teacher. Two people owned money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Which one of them loved him more? She replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, said Jesus. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water at my feet, for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, her many sins, have been forgiven. As her great love has shown. And I want you to catch this. She, he is saying... It's her love for me that is causing her to have this reaction. What you're seeing is she loves me because she's been forgiven. She experienced something so freeing, she couldn't help but give him love. This is the next thing he says. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. And I've read that and I thought, oh yeah, that's why, that's why that poor Pharisee didn't really love Jesus very much because he hadn't been forgiven. But that's not what he's talking about. If you remember where we started, the Pharisee was like, she's a sinner. Why is Jesus allowing her to do this? See, the Pharisee had already taken account for her sins and he kept counting on them. They were there. And she wasn't the right person to be hanging around Jesus. See, because he hadn't experienced forgiveness, he wasn't able to forgive her. See, not only does our family, our family need God. Our community and the people around us need God. 
our world is seriously messed up, right? I'm seriously messed up. You're seriously messed up. If you think that the things that you struggle with aren't as sinish as the people out that are doing stuff that you'd be like, whoa, right? You don't understand how this works. Sin is what happens and it comes out of me because of a place that's broken and unconnected to God. It is, a, it is part of my belief system. It's because I believe something in a way that's broken. It's bent. It's twisted. Anything that comes out of me, no matter how small or insignificant it is to me, has the same value. Because I haven't experienced forgiveness the way I'm designed to experience forgiveness for that and recognize how much I need Jesus. That's one of the reasons why I'm not in the relationship to get pregnant. Right? That's why I've been able to go these periods of time without being pregnant because I haven't actually let him have that part and recognize he is trying to love me in that. He is not beating us up on that stuff. But I, like, I, one, I have to recognize, like, there is something wrong still. I need him because there's something wrong. If I say, that's okay, that's just the way it is. That's the way I am. Right? Nobody, everybody else struggles with stuff like this too, so it must be okay because they're all Christians, right? Like, we look around the room. Right? Some of us are struggling with porn. Some of us are struggling with, with manipulation. Some of us are struggling with lying. Some of us are struggling with things that you can hide and nobody can really know about. Some things are like way out in the open and you can't avoid. Some things actually are so way out in the open you can't avoid, they actually affect, affect your family and your ability to actually have family. And it, and, it, and it gets even more challenging for us to navigate this space if we tie it to our identity. See, because when we say, that's the way I am, we, act, we, are, we, 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 we end up creating a confrontation with inside of us that says, I can't change because that's the way I am. And if that's the way I am, you're trying to ask me to be somebody I'm not. Does that make sense? So the extreme of this would be, like, we're dealing with identity issues and sexual identity right now in our country, right? A lot of it, it's like, there's no way this is just like happening naturally. Because it's like exploding. Like it's just, that's, it's crazy how much, right? So there's something going on beyond just, well, it's just statistics. Like statistically speaking, this many people are going to be, you know, gay. These are going to be transgender. They're gonna, like there's something going on. There's a buy-in around identity that's happening. That's not true. But if you don't think Jesus loves those people, no matter what a person is struggling with, you're completely missing the boat, right? Everything in the spectrum, from here over to here, right? Everything in the spectrum. Do you know why we struggle with it? Because we haven't received the love that we're designed for. See, the only way we could be twisted and broken and bent is because we haven't experienced the love we were designed to experience. And we don't even know what it is, so we can't even know if it's missing. Because we never experienced it on that level. That's what the impregnation is. Is God, I need you because without you, I can't be the person that shines with Jesus, shines with your nature, shines with your character, shines with life, and, and has the ability to be that person. See, I'm saying this right now, and some of you are still like, I don't even know if I can agree with that, Sean. I understand. And I'm not asking you to get pregnant to get there next week, right? I'm asking you 
Are you allowing him to get impregnate you with whatever it is you need next? Am I willing to be pregnant? Am I looking forward to be pregnant? When I'm not pregnant, am I like, okay, I need to get pregnant again. Because if I'm not, could that be why I'm not experiencing the fullness of life? Because the life isn't in me the way it's designed to be. See, because I, I have life, like right like, I go through times, my, my wife knows when I'm doing it, right, where I'm not pregnant. And, and I've, I've, I've spent, like, enough time avoiding Jesus, right, not purposefully, right, but kind of the same way I avoid my wife sometimes. Oh, I just want to be alone, right? I don't really pay enough attention to her sometimes, you know. She's not in the top of my list right now. I got other things going on. Whatever that is, on how, like, but for me, like, you could see that in our relationship too. Like, I have to be purposeful about paying attention to her because it's just too easy for it to just, right? And I suspect women are the same way in some cases. You know, and so, like, it's very easy for it to happen. And it's not like I'm going to avoid Jesus, right? I'm not saying that's the way it is all the time, even though there are some cases I think. That, that he's talking about something. He wants to seed us with a seed that is supposed to grow into something that actually goes after something that we do not want to talk about, right? There are those times too. But I think for a lot of us, it's just like we're not paying attention right now. We're not, we're not in the relationship the way that we need to be. And, and we go through these times. And it seems like, if you haven't figured this out, this might ring a bell with you. It seems like the longer I go without being pregnant, the more... I get, the more challenging it is, right? You know why? Because once you make this decision to walk with him, once you get filled with the Spirit, you're designed to be pregnant. <laughs> you're out of your design if you're trying not to be pregnant, if you're avoiding being pregnant. In whatever phase that is, in whatever way that is, you cannot experience what you're designed to experience outside of carrying him the way he's asking us to. So I guess the big question is, I'm going to close right now. How important is it to me to be pregnant? Am I pregnant? Some of you need to be pregnant for the first time. Some of you are like, you're hearing me and you're going, oh, I sort of understand a little bit, but like, I don't, I don't, I haven't really experienced it. When you get filled, filled, you're full of the Spirit of God, you have that experience, and you're, you just are overwhelmed with love, and you're just, it's just, you're swimming in it. And you experience this forgiveness, forgiveness, beyond what you experience just going into the water. This is kind of like another level for that, because there's experience of forgiveness that you can feel just being baptized, and it's awesome, Right? But there's a, there's a level of impregnation with love that's like where baptism is the alleviation of all the weight of sin, being freed from it, but then being filled is that there's something actually coming inside of you that's him, literally him. And that is just a whole other level, right? When you've experienced that, you know what I'm talking about. Because it, oh. like some of you need to be have that experience with him. And, and you might have been struggling with that. You might not have known about it. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why. You might have been told, yeah, you got the Holy Ghost because you believe. Right? There's all kinds of ways in which we, have an ex we, can, we can go through a time period of even coming to church and not experience that. But I want you to know, like, you're designed for that. There is nowhere in Scripture that says that's not for his people. That's for everyone, whosoever wills. Okay, so you're designed for that. And that might be the place that you're starting. 
There's some music in the background. I want to be really spiritual on this. For others, you might have never even considered that, you know what, I was pregnant once, but I really haven't been pregnant since. I never realized that I need more than that experience. There's others in the room, it's just been a little while since you've been pregnant. And you, you, you never, like, you might never have thought I need to go after that and continue to go after that. You might have like been under the impression that it just happens every once in a while, time and place, the right service, the right preacher, the right atmosphere. But what if you can actually be purposeful about it and you go after him and you're just like, God, I want you to move into the spaces that you haven't moved into yet more than anything else. And I am willing to be pregnant in whatever that means. And if that means I get morning sickness and I can't eat in the morning for a while, okay. If that means that I'm not gonna be able to go on the roller coaster rides anymore for a while, okay. Whatever that means, I'm okay with it because I need you more than anything else. Because something happens when we step into that space. When we step into the space of being pregnant, baptizing and making disciples just happens. And, and Dwayne's been talking about baptizing and making disciples often. It is a theme that God keeps talking to him about because it's about who he is. This is one of the few things Jesus is like, you need to do this. This is what you're designed for. And we hear it and we think, I need to do this. But because we haven't made the connection that I don't have to do it when I'm pregnant, it just happens. It is the natural byproduct of being full of him and him actually using the pregnancies to transform my life where my heart beats for the things that God, his heart beats for. See, I'm not asking you to go out, start a small group, go work for Jesus. I'm asking you to submit to him and let him impregnate you and stay there with him and do not give that up and guard that seed and allow yourself to come to full term and let it work the thing it's designed to work in you because when you keep doing that, you will not be able to help but love on your family. For your family to experience life, for your friends to experience life, you will gather people to you because they want what you have. There's nobody in this room that's not designed for this. See, it's not a question. Like, I'm not just saying this and trying to pump you up. Like, I'm telling you, if you don't believe you're designed for this, you are arguing with God. God says you're designed for this. That might be the first place for you. If there's anything inside of me, God, that doesn't agree with you, go ahead and stand to your feet. I'm going to close this out. I'm not going to ask you to come up. If you want to come up, please come up. Sometimes moving is a very good thing. If you were even in the slightest prompted to move, I would suggest you actually move your feet and stop arguing with God. And there's nothing I can say or do right now that can move your will. All I can do is speak from heaven and hopefully heaven is communicating with you in such a way that your heart is like, okay, oh, I'm feeling the pull, right? But this is a will issue. If you don't want this, it doesn't matter what I say. I can be charismatic and be like, yay, but that's not what I'm going after. I want you to hear him and submit to him. If you are ready to be pregnant, then just step into that space, God, I want to be full of you again. I want to be impregnated by you. I want to give you that place inside of me. If you're afraid of that right now, if there's something inside of you that says, I can't, I can't, I can't say that, I'm just not ready for it, then ask him, God, show me and heal the thing that is broken inside of me that keeps you from impregnating me.
Because you know what? He's a healer. He's a healer because he, his desire is for things to be made right. So just pray with me. And if you could, I want you to also recognize that whatever words that are inside of you, you say those words because they're more important than the words I'm going to say right now. So God, thank you so much. I need you. I need to be full of you. I need to be impregnated by you. I need to be changed by you. I need to receive love in a way I've never received it before because in your love, it heals what is broken inside of me. I want to be free. I want to be free to love people. I want to be free to show you to people so people can have the same things that you're giving me, that they can experience more, that they can experience life, that my family can experience life, that the people I love, my friends can experience life. Heal what's going on inside of me right now, God. Fill me up. I want to know you more. I want to see you more. I want to submit to you more. I want to be your image on the earth. Amen. Spend a little time with him. When you're ready, you can go.